0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Architect Tomorrow. I'm really excited to be joined by uh, another great panel to talk about the year we've just had. And then also part two of this will be a discussion about what we see coming in 2023. I'm Oliver Cronk uh, the, uh, the technology director at Scott Logic, a um, software engineering and data consultancy. And I'm joined by Tom.
1: Hi, I'm Tom Fairbairn. I'm a distinguished engineer at Solis. Uh, at Solis, we make an event streaming platform. So,
2: Sally Pritchard, Vice President at JP Morgan within AI Technology.
1: And Emma.
3: Emma, founder of Chief Disruptor, the membership community for disruptive business and technology leaders, very much focusing on looking at the ever changing challenges and bringing together like minded individuals to change disruption into opportunity.
0: Brilliant. And thank you, everyone, for your time. It's great. I, I, what's lovely here is we have a great mixture of different roles, different industries, and perspectives. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. and it's going to be um, fascinating. So it's great also, Sally, that you've joined I think this is video number three in terms of <laughs> so you are a long <laughs> suffering, a long suffering a member of Architect Tomorrow. I thank you very much for coming back again. Um, and so I guess what we, our tradition for these now has been let's sort of see what we got right and what we got wrong uh, last time, right? I mean we talked I think we talked about metaverse, we talked about regulation, we talked about AI, mental health. But what sort of stood out for you as some of the things that we sort of talked about that we either got very, very wrong or we perhaps got on the money?
2: What stood out Mm. is we were blissfully naive (laughs) and ever hopeful of the wonderful world that would materialise post-pandemic. It was um, quite striking Um, how optimistic we were about this beautiful regeneration Right. maybe now because I'm cynical (laughs) Um, I found it quite stark contrast but I think we talked about leadership some of the leaders we spoke about um, aren't necessarily in in good public eye at the moment Um, we we are longing for that strong leadership and personally I don't feel like that has materialised within public life um we we talked about our fears of of things like the metaverse i think again that we overestimate the pace of change um looking at obviously matters financial results um we need innovation to pay and these things to come through um but i think i think definitely we we got a few things right you know power community mm-hmm. we, this community yeah 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 <laughs> but, um yeah, yeah. it uh It's so enriching for me personally and um, professionally being part of, you know, a community where you meet really smart, interesting people, Um, so that's one community but, you know, at lunch Oliver and I were talking about the unintended consequences of communities where people perhaps live in strange bubbles, I think that is omnipresent. Um, I said um, predictions are dead. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, yeah. uh, I and
0: think... I think you were right because <laughs> let's face it. And we shouldn't laugh about this topic, but the sort of biggest, most horrible thing to happen—no one would have ever have hoped would ever happen. You know, the kind of the thought of a, a, of a war, a conflict in Europe is was unthinkable, and the fact that it happened is 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 disgustingly ghastly for the people that it's impacting. But it's had a huge ripple effect. And I think, you know, we can dance around that. And I, we, we're certainly not making light of it. But the reality is that and some of the other shocks that we were already sort of dealing with, the sort of, you know, the fallout from, um, you know, supply and demand, uh, mismatches because of COVID, uh, you know, staffing shortages, uh, and then energy price, you know, all these things are clearly creating this sort of inflationary pressure, which everyone is feeling. That's probably the consistent, you know, if we... If there's one prediction, perhaps on the, on the next episode we talk about it, it's going to be you know, how we deal with that inflationary pressure and how we continue to sort of innovate and operate going forwards. But th- that one thing we couldn't predict was that, mm. you know, and, I, and I do wonder whether we'll just keep getting that now. Will every year bring this really disruptive, unexpected thing that we'll just have to respond to? I
2: actually, I think the word of the year last year was "perma crisis."
0: There we go. Of this year. Of twenty twenty now and that right.
3: is um, Colling's... Dictionary saying that right, and now probably going to be overused.
0: Yes, perma crisis. Yeah, um, but equally, we have some really interesting things happening uh, this year. So, um, Tom, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about some of your sort of technology highlights for twenty twenty two. But for me, one of the things I saw, which is really interesting, was the first real life applications of quantum technology. So, not necessarily quantum computing but using quantum properties to secure networks for example so mm. bt i think and toshiba worked with ernst and young to create the first quantum secure network connection now it turns out actually that's quite limited it's literally one piece of fiber i think that's between one place and another <laughs> or something Just like that it's a start it's a start yeah but it's perhaps not the holy grail that perhaps people perhaps think it is but it's interesting to start seeing these sort of very hyped you know talked about topics
1: because yeah, the the quantum entanglement encryption thing has been It's going to be the next big thing for probably a decade, isn't it, to see it actually Actually finally being real. Production, Yeah. 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 But
0: what else sort of stood out to you this year? Is there anything that Solace has kind of been working on with its customers that's
1: it sort of. um, uh, depends which, which level of technology you <laughs> want to talk about. I mean, one highlight for me in, yeah. in my particular role, yeah. as you know, just in terms of kind of architectures, mm-hmm. people have been building, it's been, I think it's been the year of EDA has finally that become mainstream. Event driven architecture, it's been driven yeah. architecture yeah. yeah. That's finally become mainstream. Okay. Um, which has taken a long time. Yes, agreed. Um, you can't talk about technology without talking about AI. I don't yeah, think. we need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, AI is one of those perennial. Hype versus what actually happens. Mm -hmm. It's one of those, you're permanently in a situation where, wow, there's been Mm -hmm. a big advancement, it's going to change the world. And then, no, actually it doesn't that much. And then you have the next uh, uh, one come along. Um, I think in terms of technology and kind of a mix of technology and business model Mm -hmm. is cloud. Okay. Right, so... Do you mean sort
0: of getting to a point of maturity where it's sort of... I
1: think it's getting to a point of maturity where I always talk about this idea of the pendulum swimming... Back slightly. Mm. If you look at the Gartner model, it's kind of you're starting to reach the trough of disillusionment. I think you call it, right? Uh, Obviously, clouds here to stay, but I think, as you say, people people's attitude to the business model behind it is starting to mature. Yeah, like it is, people are starting to say, well, no, actually, you don't just throw everything on the cloud because cloud is good. Mm. Right. Actually, there yeah. is a lot to think about there. Cloud is as much a business model as it is a technology architectural model. Right. And
0: so something we might touch on in part two is the end, perhaps, of throwing compute at the problem. That compute yes. is cheap yes. because compute cheap isn't necessarily it's not always cheap from a financial sense anymore. And that's where there's been a bit of a pendulum swinging about the other way because people have perhaps realised that cloud works very well for certain elastic demand type use cases or perhaps if you're a startup you have no idea what your demand curve is going to look like it's it's a great technology but actually people are now realizing if i've got steady state stuff Mm -hmm. is that necessarily the right model and clearly there's then private cloud and various other things like that but i think you're right i think people's sort of adoption of cloud and the commercial savviness i suppose around some of the business models has definitely matured
1: i think exactly right it's easy to just get some particular cloud service and Mm -hmm. do everything on that Mm, but then I the bill arrives. Well, you
2: know? I just, yeah, I don't think it is easy. Um, s- skills. Yeah. Uh, you, you, need, yes. you need those skills in your business yeah. to be able to access the cloud yeah. at speed and scale. Yes. And not every business has that. Right, um, yeah. And then you need your management to be informed at a much greater detail of technology implications than ever before right
1: so i think that's interesting because part of, i think of this pendulum swinging swinging back the other way is this previous kind of um naive view of mm-hmm. certain management teams that are, are bought into cloud vendor x we're going to do everything on that right and i think finally people are beginning to realize that that's not, one not size a good approach all. yeah and the, and the credit card is gone Yeah,
3: Yeah. the credit card's gone and the suppliers want to do things in a certain way, with certain messaging that doesn't actually talk to what the market's doing.
0: Emma, you're in a lovely position in your network, your community, you talk to a whole range of different people. What has been the sort of standout innovations or things that you've spoken to your um, community about? What sort of stood out to you as interesting or exciting?
3: Metaverse definitely came in. It seemed to have a bit of a hype, ironically, and Web3 and has sort of not fallen away. It's very much coming, but again... Has been a little bit of a what's the hype, what's the reality? Is why we exist. Um, But in addition to that, AI, we've had many uh, a session where people said exactly that. You know, it all looks rosy, fabulous. You know, next thing, but actually in reality, they're not moving it fast enough through. Um, The flexible working, I think, that really challenged us all Mm. during COVID. Mm. We had a lot of activity around how do we make that work? How do we engage members? in our case, members, but their case, their customers, and indeed their employees, how do you get that right? And actually that seems to have dropped, dropped a little bit. As we all just say, the world is now different, and we accept it's different. We've now. worked
1: out a sort of new hybrid approach yeah. to how we operate. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's still the challenge. You said customers there, because when I think about remote working, obviously you think about employee, employees, but you mentioned customers.
3: So how do we talk to our customers, and engage um, them when our teams, are, when the team's are potentially sitting on their bed working, or they're, you know, surrounded by other... Flatmates or whoever it might be in their customer service centre, which suddenly they're home. Hmm. How do you make that work? But also, how do you engage and collaborate and innovate successfully at a speed when you're all working remotely? But you need to accept that, otherwise, you potentially lose people through the great resignation. So, I think the year of change has been enormous. Um, I I always think that the Queen was probably our greatest constant, and we lost her at the same time as everything else. So, mixed in with all that, I think there's been such sizable change and then you add in the economic crisis the change of three provinces in seven weeks or whatever that was yes. and so that whole pestle focus i think is mm. for us the the macroeconomic and the wider effects have been far greater than we would normally look at normally be more what's going on with tech and the challenges and handling yep. leadership with you and teams and culture it's been so much broader because of the war because of covid effects because of supply chain and everything else yeah no,
0: massive change yeah so. and thank you for bringing it back to the sort of human and societal aspects, because with, with the three of us here we may well go tech um, I know Tom can go deep middle way. We're, <laughs> we're, we're here, actually I should say we're here at Solace's, um London office as well so thank you to Tom, thanks to Solis for hosting us here um, so let me uh, uh, ask you all perhaps then um, what's your sort of Highlight personally, or, 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 or high and low light personally, been for for twenty twenty two. Sally, I'll st- start with you because this is often insightful. Like we talk about what's affected us ourselves, and this could be you know a new service that you've perhaps played around with or, or, or found interesting. What, what what's been your sort of high and low light from, from a sort of tech perspective this year? For, from a tech perspective,
2: mm. um, so getting back to technology okay. for me, um, I um, found myself in a role where I was ahead of. And I found myself closer to PowerPoint and stakeholders <laughs> than code. Right. Um, and it was a phenomenal learning experience for me. But um, I'll be honest, I don't think I was great at it. I, I, I don't know whether I'm better at the tech side of things, <laughs> but I really found that, that, that really challenging. So I'm so proud of myself of giving up um, sort of the title to... Keep focusing on my technical learning. Right. Um, I've taken a cloud exam with one provider. Obviously, <laughs> with a multi-cloud. With everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, I'm working in AI technology, something that I was very involved with um, at Deloitte um, and sort of not forgotten. It was it was part of the products that I was um, building, but um, actually now my customer's a data scientist, so right. um, I'm loving the fact that I. Um, Learning in an incredibly challenging and fast paced um, technical area yeah. and uh, working with distinguished en- engineers and you know, seeing how they solve problems. I, I genuinely find the work day fascinating and slightly exhausting, mm-hmm. um, but, but um, a, sen- a better sense of achievement right. um, than dealing with people issues or internal politics. Um, I, so I'm really, really proud of, yeah, the decision to to move away from from what was perceived to be, a, you know, a successful role, uh, maybe externally with the job title, right. Um, give up that and, and go back to school, as it were.
0: But you touched on something that's really interesting, and I think for many of our the main audience for Architect Tomorrow is architects of some kind or other, and I think it's a constant struggle in that architect role or in a product management type role that I know Sally you, you've done a lot of as well. To kind of balance that sort of technical understanding, business understanding, industry market understanding, the the kind of how much do I invest in my kind of communication skills versus my technology skills? It's I think it's a constant sort of juggling act in these sorts of roles because if you over-index in one way or the other, you're not as effective as you were able to keep. But keeping that balance is really really hard, isn't it? And Tom, how ha- ha- have you found this year in terms of? of achieving that balance between being engaging and communicating and being a technologist. Right,
1: well I mean that just ties into a highlight for me yeah. this year and it's kind of this kind of thing right, right. going back to things like conferences being face-to-face. Yeah. Um, one thing I have realised is like standing in front of people and talking to them, that's a highlight for me. It's one of the things I really enjoy about the job uh, and that goes back to that communication. Um, some people are great with Zoom calls and coming up with slides I prefer to be in front yeah, of, yeah, we've all got to do it, but I prefer to be in front of people, right? That's, that's, that's the excitement I get out of the job is seeing the light go on somebody's eyes when they've understood something that I've put across to them It's made sense to them. Um, so in terms of that balance, it has been a readjustment. Yeah. We've had to adjust, uh, well, I personally have had to adjust from mm-hmm. the, right, I've got five hours of Zoom calls today. How am I going to fit this in and yeah. how am I going to keep it interesting yeah. to, well, hang on, I'm going to have to travel. I'm mm. to stand in front of someone,
0: yeah,
1: and I need to follow up on that, and that's 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 it's it's been balancing a different way of doing the same thing.
0: And it could be silly little things, can't it? Like how much eye contact do I give someone? Because yeah. on Zoom, you're just staring
1: at someone, and
0: now like, even, right. even, even though I start to think for about yourself, ideally, for me, I switch that off as soon as possible after yeah, so you've gone. <laughs> um, but but uh, Emma, you're all about connecting and, and events and things and, and community. How have you... Yeah, I suppose, again, highlights and lowlights, but I suppose specifically around perhaps finding that new... I'm not going to say new normal because everyone said that, but Mm -hmm. the new hybrid, I suppose. How how, how have you found things?
3: So that, I would say, is one of my... Not lowlights, but I think it is a change. So my highlights would be that we rebranded from a name that I created, which is dreadful, which was Nimbus 90, 90, to Chief Disruptor. And it's interesting. We've had some fabulous new members who just are wanting to join because the name just naturally resonates and they want to be part of it and they want to be part of that journey. They want to be part of that positive change Mm -hmm. rather than seeing it as negative. Um, So that's been fabulous. And actually our latest Disruptive Trends report, which comes out early next year, is the biggest one we're going to do. So again, really understanding the challenges and the external market factors I'm super excited about. I think... The, the the low lights are the more difficult things. I think are two part. One is getting that balance of engagement. I've always loved growing the team and scaling what we do and so on. And I think that engagement face-to-face and the laughter and being able to have that conversation and the lights go on. But also those moments where team members are going through more challenges and so on. I think it's so important to be able to understand. I think it's easy when you see a whole three-dimensional person rather than yeah. a boxed face. So I think yes. that's really difficult. But yes. I think the other thing is... I think I moved during COVID. I moved out of town, mm-hmm. and therefore, suddenly, when the trains strike, you are back to Zoom, whether you want it or not. Yep. All teams. So I think that's the but other thing. I suppose we have, have that
0: muscle now, though, don't we? We can do that fallback option. We can do the online thing if we yes. can't be in person.
3: Or we pedal yep.
0: a long way to London,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: which well, I haven't how done did you yet.
3: Move? <laughs> <laughs> well, far enough that I don't want to pedal. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I, or I'm not fit enough to pedal. Right. But um, it's a change, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And but so, it's been fun.
0: And so to round things off my sort of reflections, um, in terms of tech, and it's very topical right now, everyone is talking about GPT, Mm. particularly chat GPT. So the interesting thing for me about this is OpenAI's um, sandbox has been available for a while. And I've been playing with GPT all year because I've been talking to clients about it and we're working on AI and and data science projects. But what chat GPT has brought is the Google search-like simplicity to this technology. And so um, it's got a lot of hype. Almost everyone on my LinkedIn feed is talking about it. And I posted the other day, is everyone really talking about this? Or is it just my filter bubble has become this? (laughs) Because it's self-reinforcing. I'm talking about this myself. And so I'm just seeing and I'm liking posts. And so the algorithm has just decided I love GPT-3. So it's just going to send me everything GPT-3. So I'm still not sure whether that's what's going on. Well, to be fair, a million users in six days. It's pretty impressive. That's quite impressive. So that data point does validate I'm not just in a (laughs) bubble of my own. There's at least another (laughs) million people out there as well. Um, And I think what that's going to do, it's, and Sally and I were talking about this before we were recording at lunch, the kind of ethical dilemmas and things it introduces. On the one hand, it looks beautifully simple, this this thing you can ask anything, this oracle that you can ask, and it spouts back back amazing text. I mean, to give you a real practical example, I'm writing our text strategy for um, 2023 and beyond at Scott Logic, and I got to the sort of terms of reference, or the terminology section, and I started writing, you know, definition means chingling, and I thought, what am I doing? Why don't I just take this sentence fragment and say, rephrase this better, please? And lo and behold, it starts off with my sentence and it finishes it in a way that perhaps would have taken me 20 minutes, half an hour to have finessed to that level of polish. So, you know, of course you still need to look at it, as soon as you still need to go, is that right? Do I need to course correct? Do I need to change that from American English to, to, to British English, etc., etc.? So you can't just blindly use it, but the step change and incremental improvement it's brought is really, really interesting.
2: The word does that to a certain extent. We, we have had automated decision-making of our language for quite a while. Yeah. The office suite. Yeah. This goes beyond. No, I know, but yeah. like, humans are inherently lazy. And accept this willingly. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's going to be sort of fascinating for me. And, uh, yeah, I echo a lot of what, what you've said. I think the challenge for me has been Juggling the online versus in real-world life, like um, a lot of my time, I say sort of, I suppose two-thirds of my week is probably still remote, and then and then sort of working in the office the, the one or two days a week, and sort of flipping modes between you know in-office Ollie and uh, or perhaps going to Skype meetings at Ollie and and remote working Ollie is is proving challenging, I think sometimes. You know, can, can,
1: of, can I throw a question? Yeah, for you? because I've started business traveling again, right? And what I found myself comparing is, okay, there's an inefficiency in having to travel somewhere, mm. but then that forces an efficiency in when you're actually there.
2: And the value. So, and value? the value.
1: Yeah. So, yes. and how does that compare against the endless easy online meetings where maybe you can do 10 times as many, but are they a tenth of the value individually? Yeah. Yeah. So I have my... View on this, i be interested in other people's because it's going to be coming, we're going to have to do the hybrid model. So, again, on that balance, how are we going to balance the two?
0: I mean, I'd love to get other views, but for me now, the in person stuff, I'm trying to maximize the value mm-hmm. out of my mm-hmm. travel. So, uh, mm-hmm. coming here today, I've had uh, two bike meetings that like Sally and I have caught up. We're doing this, and then Sally and I are doing something this evening. I'm always trying to, uh, can I do a breakfast thing? Can
1: I do a lunch thing? Can I you do a dinner thing? You used thing to do that in London. I thought we used to do that anyway, though. You would generally I, right. di- I think
0: I've done, di- yeah, perhaps, but now um, I, it's now dialed up. I'm like, okay. before, maybe some of that would have happened a bit more serendipitously. Right. Now it's a bit more pre planned. Like, I want to make right. sure I am getting full value out of this. So this, I've got one reason to come to London, right? What are the other three reasons yeah, I'm now same. going? Um, because I guess a sal- 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 I suppose it's a bit of a commute. It's, it's an hour; it's not too mm-hmm. horrendous, but you know, it's it, it forces you to kind of think that way. But yeah, what if, what? If, oh, well, I've got to but the, I think
3: we've also I can't think what the Germans call it, but they have what is the expression that was used during COVID, which was we have we need the blank space sometimes. I think we're constantly mm-hmm. to get the bus faster, has, um, and faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And I used to when I lived in London, did cycled to work because it gave me that really good downtime, mm-hmm. both yep. yeah. in and out. And I think that. We're trying to put more and more and more in. And then we have our outside lives, which might involve children, pets, Mm -hmm. whatever else it might be, hobbies and so on. But I think we keep thinking it's got to have more. And I think part of that then creates that accelerated fight or flight all the time. Whereas actually I think sometimes getting on the train and mm-hmm. actually the Wi Fi being a bit dicey and not mm. being able to make a call <laughs> or not being able to be on a zoom is probably quite healthy. Mm-hmm. So we go back to our pens and papers for those of us that sometimes use it, or we just listen to some music that's yeah. slightly dicey. I think it's not a bad thing to
0: yeah.
3: be creating that, but I do think once you do the long haul and you're sitting in that airport or so on, is that working or not?
0: Yeah, so some fantastic reflections on this year. Thank you, and um, yeah, we will um, yeah do a part two shortly. So do look out for the next episode where we talk about what we think is coming in store for twenty twenty three.